Hey there, this is Brian. I'm the host of the Engaging Missions show. If you've found this show for the first time, I did want to take a second to let you know that this show is not currently in production. You're certainly welcome to check out all of the archives, but we don't have new episodes coming out at the moment. However, I did want to take a second to highlight one of the sponsors that sponsored the show a while ago. They're not currently sponsoring the show, but if you're looking for a place to invest in the kingdom, I'd recommend checking out Mega Voice Audio Bibles. You can find them at megavoice.com, or you'll find a link in the show notes, and I would encourage you to just check that out and see if maybe that's a fit for your giving. There's no compensation here or anything like that. I just wanted to highlight them. And with that, I'll get you back into the regular program. You're listening to The Engaging Missions Show, Episode 62, with Tim and Doris Johnson. Welcome to the Engaging Missions Show, where we discover God's glory in what He's doing around the world. Each week, we hear from missionaries, ministry leaders, church planters, and disciple makers as they share about God's work in their lives and ministries. If this is your first time with us, welcome to the Engaging Missions Show. Or if you've been here before, welcome back. It's really great to have you. This week, we're talking with Tim and Doris Johnson. The show notes will be at engagingmissions.com slash Tim and Doris Johnson. Just one big long word or slash 62 as in episode 62, if that's a little bit easier. In this episode, we talked a little bit about a tool that they're using to share their faith. That We talked about a change that they've made recently that has both broken their hearts and also yielded some fruit for the kingdom that's been pretty amazing. And we also talked about one question that you can use to open up a conversation with someone from another religion. Stay tuned to the very end because I'll be sharing a little bit of feedback from one of the listeners. I think you might be interested in what he had to say. With that, we're going to go ahead and get right into the interview. All right, let's get started. Today, I'm really happy to have Tim and Doris Johnson on the line. Now, I do want to let you know that we're using pen names for Tim and Doris because they're ministering in an area where Christians are allowed, but sometimes the type of ministry that they're doing can be a little bit, uh, well, it, it it can have some challenges. So we don't want to do anything to create additional challenges for them. And also, I want to let you know that they are in a coffee shop. So if we hear some coffee shop noises, that's kind of expected. Uh, but they're getting better internet access there. And I'm, I'm just happy that we can connect this way. Now, I also want to mention that you may re- remember Marianne from episode 55 sharing about some of the ministry she's been doing. And the connection here is that she's been doing some of that ministry with Tim and Doris. They are also ministering in Indonesia, and I'm really looking forward to hearing what God's been doing in their lives. With that, we're going to go ahead and hand it off to Tim and Doris. So, Tim and Doris, I've given just a little introduction. Why don't you take a minute, tell us about yourselves and the ministry you're doing. All right. Well, we are excited to be a part of the show, and uh, we are here in Indonesia. We are in a very remote location. Just to give you an idea of where we are located, it takes us about eight hours to get to McDonald's from where we live. Uh, we're living in a town of about uh, a about 100,000 people, but uh, in Indonesian standard, that's still a very small town. Uh, some of the things we really focus on, we're really focusing on um, trying to take the gospel to the unreached people groups of this area in the southern half of this island. Uh, there's actually a number, probably around between 20 and, and uh, 40 unreached people groups. And here's our copy, so we're going to have to break for just a second. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> All right. Terima kasih banyak. Okay. <laughs> so, all right. So, do you want me to start from the beginning, or just take off, or pick up where I left off? Let, let's just pick up where you left off. I, I, I think the local flavor is great. <laughs> all right. So we. Uh, focus on the UPGs, the unreached people groups of this area, uh, which, depending on which uh, stats you look at, there's between 20 and 40 uh, UPGs in the southern half of this island. Uh, there are a number of missionaries that's focused towards uh, in the, the city of Makassar, which is the largest city on the island. Uh, but 
as far as where we're located, we are the only missionaries to that, as far as we're aware, that has lived in the city uh, or has worked in this area. And so we're excited with what God's done. It's provided its its own challenges. Uh, we do also work with a Bible college here. It's a very small Bible college currently. I think they have seven students. Uh, we're trying to help them to uh, to get more established and try to do things just a little better. Um, unfortunately, some uh, ways of thinking this has been the hardest things to change with them. Uh, with that, we've also got an English ministry that we've just opened. It's uh, been up for about six weeks now. Uh, it's our Peach Center, uh, which stands for uh, People, uh, English, and Conversation Hangout. Uh, and so that's our our purpose is that we are able to use English to reach the lost here. We have actually a number of English courses in town, and so we're not teaching English, but instead we're providing a location where they can come and they can hang out, they can use their English, they can practice their English. And so far we've seen a, uh, probably about 40 people altogether come through our, our English club, which is on uh, Friday nights. Uh, none of them come consistently enough, or but we average about 15 people a night on Friday nights. And then on Saturday we have our kids club, which we've been running running about uh, 25 to 30 uh, at our kids club. And now as far as um, as far as the people that attend those English clubs and kids club, I would say about 80% of those are what we would call cousins or, or Muslims. Uh, and so we're excited to be able to take that opportunities. We, with that, we do use the word of God and we, we share, you know, often I, I go through and I use a number of different quotes on a certain topic that we'll talk about, uh, what many people would say, but the last, uh, quote that we'll always use is a quote by Jesus and what we'll ask them and, and dive into whether they they believe that? What is that true? And so we've found that that's been very useful to be able to present the gospel so far and uh, lay it out before them. Um, on top of that, uh, we, we also do some children's ministry. We, they, you know, Marianne was uh, very pivotal in starting up uh, our um, children's outreach on campus, which had been going but uh, really wasn't very effective. And so we've been able to uh, provide a children's ministry that reaches out to the kids of the neighborhood uh, as well as provide food to some of these kids that, honestly, the only time they have any protein all week long is probably at that meal Uh Doris, you want to add anything to the, I'm sure there's other things I'm missing in all this. Um, well, I guess from my perspective, um, the remoteness of where we are is actually eight hours from the nearest hospital that's any good <laughs> and the nearest airport. <laughs> true, true. Um, but uh, I would say, you know, it's been a long journey coming here. It didn't happen overnight. Um, the journey here for me began back in 2000, 2001, and um, for both of us together, uh, we came back in 2007, and we've been fully engaged here in Indonesia as a family since 2007, and our kids are, are highly involved as well. We have three children, and they are very active in ministry here and live in life here. Um, they don't remember much of the states except our oldest, and so um, it's not hard for them to to reach people and to touch people because they understand uh, the people here even in a greater level than we do. And a lot of times, uh, God uses our family as a testimony and a bridge here, which has been really cool. Wow, that's amazing. You know. Um, I remember talking to somebody else. I think they were actually ministering in Thailand and they, um, one of the things they talked about was that their children were an asset that a lot, a lot of people, whether they're traveling for fun or whether they're going out on the mission field, they tend to view children as a liability or as maybe not a, a liability, but a challenge. And they, they made that decision early on that their children are going to be an asset. And it sounds like you guys have been able to do the same kind of thing with your, with your family. Is that accurate? Yes. My kids would tell you that they are not um, MKs, but Uh they are KMs. (laughs) What does that mean? They they would tell, um, MK would be missionary kid or minister's kid. Uh Um, They are kid ministers. Ah. Um, 
And so they they will tell you that uh, their parents are not called to Indonesia, but their family is called to Indonesia, which means that until further notice, God has called them here. Wow, that's that's a great perspective. Um, one of the things I do like to do as we get started is to kind of get a, an insight into the mindset, into kind of the foundation for how you do ministry. And I like to hear maybe a, a, a foundational scripture or maybe a meaningful quote, something that's powerful in your lives as you approach your day-to-day and your ministry. Do you have something that you could share with us about that? Um, well, I think last time we were stateside in 2011, God gave us a verse that has been really powerful for us. Um, For me, it kind of goes back to when I first got, I guess, the the burning or the passion to go overseas and to be, well, just to, I guess, give my life completely and sold out to the Lord in whatever that capacity he was to call me. And the word that God gave me was um, all or none, now or never. And so that kind of urgency and drive has always been a part of fueling my desire and my passion to do what we do here. Um, I guess in a lot of ways, people and even people, other people in areas in Indonesia that we work with would say that Tim and I are a little more extreme than most and that we're incredibly intense. (laughs) We're not afraid of challenges or hard places. And I would say that that's that's something that God has put in both of us. And sometimes we have to temper that a little bit, but usually it's an asset. And so the verse that God gave us this last time is Acts 10, verse 24. Oh, I'm supposed to read it. Okay. <laughs> but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. And for Tim, there's also an, another that's been really recently. Well, lately I've just really had a, God has just really challenged me uh, with living for him. You know, ultimately, yeah, we're, we know we're supposed to live for Christ. But, uh, you know, Philippians 1.21, you know, says, but for me to live as Christ, to die as gang. And all, all too often we look at dying for Christ as the bigger sacrifice. Whereas God just really challenged me that to truly live for him is the bigger sacrifice because dying is a one-time decision. I, I only have to make that choice right once, you know, to live for him is a day in and day out, you know, regardless of what my situation is, I need to make a choice every moment to live for him. And so for me, that's, you know, really been drawing me deeper and deeper with him. I recently had a situation where, um, I had a, uh, been really inspired to be very straightforward with uh, my my witnessing, and I've started getting into a, a process called Any Three. It's a great uh, evangelism tool, being especially towards the cousins. And I had uh, decided within myself before we go back stateside in August that I will share my faith with every one of my friends. And probably the one I was the most concerned about sharing my faith with was a pahaji, which means. A, a Muslim man who's went on a Hajj, and I really kind of I I plan to uh, or uh, Hajj being a trip to Mecca to to uh, a pilgrimage. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I really was trying to plot out how I approach him, and I, he was my last one, you know, that I was going to go approach. Uh, but I got word coming back from Makassar one day that he just passed away mm-hmm. and I never had the opportunity to share with them, you know, and it's one of those things that urgency, you know, that, that, you know, I, 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 he didn't have the opportunity to accept Christ because I didn't give him that opportunity, you know? And so I don't, I don't want to be that. I want to, you know, I want to live for Christ. I want to live as Christ lived and Christ took every opportunity to share his love with everybody he came in contact with. And so, that's that's where God's been been tugging at my heart lately. That's good. As uh, Doris, as you were sharing, one of the things that you mentioned is that you're, you're um, apparently kind of known among some of the other missionaries as not being afraid of a challenge. And that's kind of a lead into the next the thing that I'd like to talk about, which is a, a challenge or a failure that you, the, the both of you or one of you individually faced um, in, in terms of doing the ministry that you do. And the reason I like to ask this is for two, two reasons, really. One, it helps us connect with you because I find that we connect with people through 
through challenges. And also, uh, if somebody else is facing a similar challenge, they might like to hear how you got through that. So is there something you could share with us uh, related to a challenge or a failure? Well, one of the most challenging things this term, I think, has been that we have opened up our home. Um, our home is... <laughs> Um, my kids will tell you that we have our family, but then we have our Kelowatiga Basar, our bigger family. And uh, our bigger family includes several Indonesian individuals, young people mostly, that have lived in our home um, throughout the last couple years at different times. And, you know, we've, we've had more things stolen, more things disappear, more, more heartbreak. Um, we've been lied to. We've, you know, had people cheat us. We've had, um, we had a young, one young lady who we took in and she lived with us, um, for about a year and a half, about a year. And, uh, and we just loved her dearly. She became like a daughter to us and she broke our heart. You know, she, um, just made some bad choices. She did really well for a long time. And then all of a sudden just started making bad choices, um, with relationships and with her life. And, um, eventually, well, one night while Tim was, um, completely not, um, anywhere near home, he was actually in the States for his sister's wedding. Um, she brought a man into our house in the middle of the night and he was a very bad man. And I was home by myself with the kids and, and Marianne. And, uh, so, you know, we've had, we've had some, some challenges, a lot, you know, failures in that sense. I personally felt a lot like a failure because she was my project. I was mentoring her. I poured everything into her for over a year and, and that was really hard. Um, several of our church planters have also, um, come and been mentored under Tim and lived with us for a time. And, and of the five or six we've had, we only have two success stories. Um, um, so, you know, it's, (laughs) there's been more steps backwards in that sense than steps forward, but the successes that we've had are huge successes. Um, they're doing well. And uh, one of those is a young lady who uh, is a neighbor of ours. And I mentored her right along with the young lady that lived with us. And she has just taken everything and run with it. And her faith in the Lord has grown so deep. And she's become a leader in the local church. Um, she's actually aiding us in, in ministry, reaching Muslims here in town with the English ministry. She, um, she's doing really well in school. The, one of the heads of the school came to Tim earlier this last week and, uh, was bragging on her about what a great student she is and, and how they're so glad that we sponsored her to come, even though she's a village kid that lives out of town and it's not, she's not the typical student. Um, but it's just really exciting. She was baptized uh, about six months ago and, and, uh, it's just, it's cool to see that and to see what God's doing. And I actually ran, ran by her this morning and just the glow and the smile on her face makes all the failures worth it to know that, that, you know, for me, that she is, is taken what, what's been planted in her heart and let God grow it. And I'm really excited to see what God's going to do. I have to say for me, you know, being where we are, we've, we've never had anybody from our organization even live in this part of the island. Uh, we've never had, you know, anybody go before us. So we truly, I mean, we are truly doing pioneer works in terms of an American or a foreigner living in this area. There so, are no other foreigners that live within several hours of us. And so for, wow. for me, it's, you know, one of those things. Failure, failure. We failed more than we've succeeded. Honestly, we have more failures chalked up than successes right now. But I think the important thing for us is that we are learning from them. You know, we we learn where we failed, we learn what we did wrong, and we move on. Uh, and so we we've, we've had to. You know, it, it has been heartbreaking at times. It has been times of frustration and wondering: Is this really what we? are supposed to do but our hope is that we're setting a foundation that the next person and the next person can build upon that they can see you know we already get the failures out of the way so that they come and have their successes you know that's our hope so 
Well, that's good. I, I appreciated how you, both of you were able to take the challenges and then you also brought out uh, some of the, um, some of the victories that you're experiencing and the, the fact that you're laying a foundation. I would like to go ahead and transition though, because just like mm-hmm. we have challenges, we also have these times when we have what I call a moment of revelation. Now it's not always a moment, right? Sometimes we have these shaft of light experiences. Sometimes God reveals something to us over a period of time. But what I'm wanting to hear is the story of a time when God revealed something in your lives. Um, and then share with us also what you did once God revealed that to you. Hmm. Well, I can share one that I've been thinking about since I read your questions ahead of time. Yeah. Um, there was a time, I think it was in 2005 when we were just preparing to come to Indonesia and I, as a family, I had been here before, before I was married for a couple years. And so I kind of knew what was coming in a sense, but not exactly because it's very different coming with a family. Um, and I was talking with, um, an individual and they were talking about how, um, they were experiencing a dry time, a time when they didn't hear God's voice and, and they were questioning, you know, is God really there or not? And I just remember sitting in my attic and I was still in the States at this point. And I remember sitting in my attic and it was just like a Holy Spirit moment of faith, I guess, that said, you know, you just decide God is there. And once that's decided, then that's it. There is no question. There is no doubt. There is no, no fear. There is no frustration when he chooses to be quiet because he is there. And I think that that has definitely gotten me through a lot of lonely times, a lot of frustration over the last couple years in this new place. Um, our first term in Indonesia was in a larger city, and I had a lot of friends and a lot of uh, social interaction with other people. My children were small. They could just go wherever I went. Um, But this term has been very different and I've experienced a lot of isolation. Um, I've been mostly ministering the last couple years in our home with my children and homeschool and that sort of thing. And the first couple years of that were very difficult. And so it was that, you know, I kept going back to that, that, you know what, I've already decided, I know this is fact, I know this is true, and I don't have to doubt it, I don't have to wonder, I just need to be patient and wait on God. So that was huge for me at that point. Um, Yeah. I think for myself, I don't, I can't recall an aha moment, but I've had time and time again of an overwhelming moment, and those tend to be a lot of times just driving through areas and seeing, you know, the mosque after mosque after mosque, you know, driving through areas and just knowing that, you know, almost 100% of everybody I see is going to hell. I mean, it's one of those things as I as I look at the maps and I as I look at the the unreached people groups of Indonesia and I look at the the, the numbers of people that if somebody doesn't tell them about Jesus and give them the opportunity to share that they're going to hell, you know, and it's, it's one of those things that's really challenged me. You know, like I said, I, I've started becoming bolder and more straightforward with my, my testimony and sharing because if we don't give them the opportunity, if we don't get, you know, give them the opportunity to accept Christ, how will they ever accept Christ? You know, um, it's so for me, I don't know that I've ever, I can't say I've ever had an aha moment, but it's definitely a burden moment where I, I look at the people, my heart breaks. I look at, look at the numbers and my heart breaks and I hear the, hear the sounds of the, the mosque in the, you know, every five times a day, you know, and my heart breaks, uh, it's those kind of things that really, that drive me to, to do what I do. Wow. Those are both very powerful. I'd like to move on now and talk a little bit about your current ministry. When, when we did the introduction, you shared a little bit about what's going on, but what I'd like to hear now is maybe one thing that's going on in your ministry, maybe something that's got you really excited right now, or maybe something that you see coming in the future. Um, I think for me right now, I'm really excited about what's happening with our kids outreach. It's blowing up. It's growing exponentially. Um, and, uh, with our Saturday kids club that we're doing at the peach center, um, 
The kids come because we offer free practice in English, and most of the kids that come have been invited by the owner of the coffee shop we're meeting at right now, and she's a, an, a very lovely Muslim woman. So all of the kids who come are mostly coming from an Islamic background. We have uh, a couple Buddhists and a couple Christians um, from nominal denominations where they're it's much more about the religiosity than about relationship. But for almost, I would say 90% of our kids, we, we started with Adam and the apple. We're going through the alphabet and using totally by it's like kids church every Saturday, but these kids have never heard the stories of the Bible. And so for our associate, Marianne, um, it's been so cool for me because I get to help her develop it and pour into her and help her with her language. And then I step back and she leads it and I help when she needs me to. But for her, it's been it's been transformational in her in her life as well as in the kids' lives because it's like after doing so many, you know, 11 years of children's ministry in the States where the kids got bored to the point where they needed more and more media and meet to make it interesting and fun. And they all know the stories already. Now you've got kids who are hearing it for the first time and their eyes are big and their hearts are open. And, and it's just, it's really, really amazing. You're talking about sin and and separation from God. And it's the first time they've heard that story or Noah and obedience to God. And it's the first time that they've ever heard it. And so it's really exciting. And we're really excited to see where God's going with it. We have a bunch of moms that are starting to sit in and follow as well. And so that's also exciting. As for me, I, um, you know, I think the Peach Center is our, our big thing right now. It's definitely, we are running it through August because August we will go back on furlough. And so we're seeing, you know, kind of doing a trial basis. Our hopes is that uh, we do see it successful and that we'll be able to go back stateside, raise our funds, come back and open up a full-blown center that may have something like a coffee shop at the bo- at the bottom, kind of like a master's cup, if you've ever heard of that. But uh, And then have uh, different places where people can meet with someone who's a native uh, English speaker have different like our English club our Saturday uh, kids club type things have you know a full on um English community center kind of thing is ultimately the idea of it. Uh, so I'm really excited with the, what we've been able to do. A number of our our kids that, or a number of the people that come to our um, our English club on Friday nights are college students, and the majority of them just really are hungry and eager to learn English. But at the same time, they're very open and and being able to to just share with them the love of God and, and Jesus Himself. You know, uh, it's really a, a kind of a radical thought, but, uh, you know, because a lot of people would be scared to do so, but these people are coming and it's, we are very, uh, very open with, you know, the fact that we are Christians are very open with, uh, we are pastors of a local church here in town. We're very open with the fact that, you know, we will use the, the words of Jesus, but we also let them know that they don't have to believe. We hope they do, but they don't have to. Uh, and so it's been really cool to just be able to directly, I mean, just openly share what Jesus says about, you know, right now we're going through love. We're going through the six Greek words for love, you know, and we're able to talk about love. And the last one we're going to hit is agape. And I'm going to lay out the whole the whole Jesus story to them uh, to demonstrate agape love, you know. So uh, I think we've got a lot of excitement right now with our Peace Center, and I really believe, you know, we can call it a success for the uh, six weeks that we've been doing that, doing it. It's been really good. We've had a lot of positive um and so we really hope and it, that uh, God will continue to bless it, but we'll also be able to bring in uh, teams from the states that will be able to come in and work beside us that, you know, we need people that speak English. And so it's, it's you know, not requiring them to be able to speak any other language. Uh, and so they'll be able to come in and, and join us as well. But uh, I think that right now is where our excitement lies here. So if you have anybody who wants to come on a short-term team, we have opportunities for you. <laughs> 
Well, that's great. Come on over. Uh, yeah, that's not something I thought about, but shameless plug. Yeah. So, so if you're listening, and what uh, what Doris and Tim are sharing today resonates with you, if if you're thinking, man, I wouldn't mind taking a week or two to go experience some of this and maybe help somebody learn English. You know, I don't, I don't, I can't speak to the requirements of that, but I would say definitely reach out and, uh, you know, one way or another, we'll figure out how to get you in contact with them so that, so that you can take advantage of this opportunity, whether it's a team or an individual, I, you know, I I don't know their requirements, so you have to work that out with them. (laughs) And also I I wanted to mention, Tim, I thought I had the most amazing follow-up question to, um, to some of the things that you guys were sharing about whether or not you were receiving pushback, but then you went and answered it. So I don't have a follow-up question, which is, which is, which is great. And, and with that, I do want to talk a little bit about some of our listeners, because I know that most of our listeners are actually in the U S a mm-hmm. little bit in North America, the broader North America, but primarily in the U S and also primarily called into the marketplace, whether they're bivocational or they're ministering in the marketplace. And I also know that sometimes people can get discouraged and start to wonder if what they're doing in the marketplace really matters in the kingdom. So if, if you were to interact with somebody and you discover that they're starting to wonder this about their calling into the marketplace, what would you share with them? The first thing I would say is don't be afraid to be, to be a Christian and to let it be public and let it be known. Um, we were, and we're the minority here. We work amongst mostly Islamic people. There are some Buddhists and a few other Christians, but people here are not afraid to talk about religion. No. They're not afraid to, it's not shunned. It's not looked down on. It's, it's actually encouraged. And people want to see that you're religious. They want to see that you are a moral person. They want to see that. And so I say, you know, we had a last year, uh, Chi Alpha teams that, that we worked with a little bit. And, um, that was probably their biggest takeaway is they said, you know, in the States, we're always afraid to talk to people about God and about our faith and about what does the Bible say about this or that. But after their experience here and their interactions and the relationships they built here that were all based on that and started with those discussions in situations like our Peach Center create creates, um, they, they went back to the States and felt like, you know, even though they're going into vocational type of areas, the hopefully their takeaway was that they wouldn't lose that, that they would go back and be unashamed to be a Christian. They would, they would stand up and be able to have religious conversations with people. And, and, and when I say religious, I don't just mean like, you know, liturgical. I mean like, yeah. Well, I think for you know what I would definitely encourage is where's your priorities. You know, there it is not wrong to to work in the the secular world. That is not you know. But what is your purpose? Is it to to make money, and get rich, or you know whatever, or is it to be God's light there? Because it really, I mean, whether whether you're here in Indonesia working as a cross cultural minister or you're you're stateside working as a you know a banker, you know, it is all about what your purposes and what why are you doing it and i think you know uh people people stateside or people in north america or wherever you are are just as effective at reaching people because you're surrounded by lost people you know even even i mean in the united states where the gospel is readily available i mean right now the 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 increase of other religions is insane i mean there there's people all around you that have no idea about jesus or those people that's heard it but has they don't really know what it means. What is it? You know, I think my big, uh, my big advice would be to make your, your position or your job or your business or whatever it is you're doing, make that your ministry, you know, share the love of Jesus where, wherever you are. You know, you look at Paul, Paul was a tent maker. I mean, he, he worked and he still shared the love of Jesus. You know, uh, I think there's definitely, 
I mean, a, a huge need there. I mean, you have you have openings into people's lives that Doris and I do not. You know, if I go and talk to some people like that and they hear what I do, they shut they shut me off right away. Whereas people who say, you know, I'm a banker, they're like, oh, really? What bank? You know, and it opens up a, a whole new uh, conversation. So use those opportunities, you know, uh, but use it to glorify God. That's what that's what our lives are to be about. I mean, we are to surrender our lives to Him in whatever regard He takes us. You know, our relationship with Christ was never meant to be private. Yeah. It was always meant to be public and it was never meant to be separate from any other part of our life. So in that sense, there's always an opportunity to share how our relationship with Christ is affecting our life or how it can affect someone else's life if they surrender their life to him. Wow, that's great. You know, as you as you shared that, I'm I'm thinking maybe we'll just go ahead and skip ahead a little bit. You know, I, I sent you that list of questions that we typically follow in terms of a flow. But you're talking about people here ministering to cross you know, cross culturally and understanding that there are is kind of an explosion of other religions. I don't know that it's fair to call it that, but there are definitely there's definitely sure. an increase in immigration and other religions here in the US. What would you share with somebody if they sort of look up one day and they realize their next door neighbor neighbors or their coworkers or the people they're seeing in the store are coming from a culture that we thought was a place you send missionaries or cross-cultural ministers or you send somebody else. But now they look up and realize, hey, I'm rubbing elbows with these people. What would you share with them? I would say, number one, start to pray. That's foundational no matter what. Start to pray. Because as soon as you start stepping into territory that the devil has had his hand on, you probably will will experience some resistance. So I would say start with prayer. And then I would say, you know, start building that relationship, but don't be afraid to, to go to religion very early on in the relationship because the longer you wait, the harder it is. And so I would start out personally by just asking them what they believe and, and why and, and can they explain their religion to me and, and come to them as a student very interested um, this is a method we use here a lot. And then once they've, they've opened up and they've shared and, and they've told you, you know, where they're at with it, you, you can gauge how intense they are and you can gauge how open they are and just ask them, say, well, would you be interested to hear what, what I would, um, what I believe or what, um, my Bible says, or, you know, um, what the word of God. Yeah. So then that that conversation can go from there and you can tell whether they're going to be open or not. Um, but don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. That would be my number one thing. I, we, we come across friends and people a lot from the States, even in our churches that are, are so afraid of Muslims and so afraid and Christ never called us to be afraid. So, well, I would, I would say, you know, I agree with Doris, uh, one of the things I'd say, though, is, you know, everybody has their story. You know, we see we see with Paul. Paul doesn't lean back on his education. Paul doesn't lean back on, you know, his experience as a Pharisee. Uh, but Paul leaned on his story. You know, he stood before Caesar. He stood before these uh, governors, you know, he and he, he presented his story and what God has done in his life. You know, one of the things we all too often are afraid to, to share with people what we believe. But the fact is, is everybody believes something and everybody's OK with you. Not everybody, but the majority of people in the world are OK with you having your belief that's different from theirs but don't be afraid to share what you believe one of you know as i mentioned before this any three that i've started using one of the big things is is you know you 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 do allow them to share as doris said allow them to share their their belief or you know and you kind of you bring on some questions and whatnot but that but then you share what you believe and then you know with us what we do is we straight up we talk about adam and eve and the original sin and the separation that caused between god and man and then talked about how jesus came to the world lived a sinless life you know uh was crucified for that uh and then rose three days later so that we can have life in god you know and and we share that very openly but then what we do is we straight up ask them what do you think do you think that's that's possible because what we often do is we share 
but we don't give them an opportunity to respond. We tell them what we believe, but we don't really give them the opportunity to believe it or even weigh it up if they believe it or not. And so if we ask them if that's even if that's even possible, you know, then it gives them where they're thinking about it and they have to evaluate, is that possible? You know, they start thinking about, is this something that could really be? And, you know, sometimes you get people who are very set in their, their faith and their religion, they'll, they'll say no, and that's, you know, that's their choice. Now, you know, with that, we aren't called to save anybody we're just called to present the good news and so we've done our part and we allow the holy spirit to do it from there so uh you know i think that's you know my advice is just be be very open and you know what if i truly believe something and i share with somebody i truly care about if even if they don't agree with it they're going to value the fact that i was willing to share with them you know and the fact is is we need to be willing to share with them regardless of how they respond so if they're to if they're to accept it awesome praise god but if they're not we're still their friends you know we can't befriend somebody for the fact so that they become christian and if they don't then we're not going to be their friend you know so that would be that'd be my suggestion uh you know is definitely be open be very clear don't don't make an apology for it you know don't say i'm sorry that i believe different than you but the fact is is we want to if we truly love them we want to share what is truth with them you know Wow. Um, Go ahead. Just real quick, there was a, a our mentor actually um, who was moved back to the states recently, and he went out to dinner with a bunch of pastors from a town up in the nor- uh, northeast, and they were at this restaurant, and there was a, a migrant worker. Um, she was an immigrant to the U.S., and she was their, their waitress and serving them, and. Uh, as she was serving them, Tim can help me tell the story accurately. Well, what, what happened was is him being back and being with pastors. The pastors were questioning him, said, you know, can you speak fluent Indonesian? And he said, yeah. So, well, most people that come back, they say they can speak fluently, but all they can do is count to 10. And he goes, they said, well, can you say something in Indonesian? And he goes, well, what do you want me to say? And I gave him something. And as he said it, she was there waiting on him. And he announced to him that she was Indonesian. And so she... Uh, she was like, wow, you can speak my language, you know, and so he, he was able to, he started talking to her, of course, he'd been here for like 25 years, so his, She also spoke English. Yeah, yeah, so his uh, Indonesian word was just phenomenal, so they start speaking in Indonesian back and forth, and as closing, he just asked, hey, can I, is there anything I can pray for you about? This, this lady was obviously not Christian, and she said, you know what, I've lived here for seven years, and not a single person has ever asked to pray with me, and so he stood up right in the the middle of the story, he told the pastors that the, we're going to pray for him and stood up right in the middle of the restaurant and, and laid a hand on her. And in Indonesian uh, language, he, he prayed over her. Of course, he thought everybody probably thought he was nuts, you know. But then he sat down and looked those pastors in the eyes and said, you know what? Shame on you. You guys come here every week. You gather here every week. And yet not a one of you have ever offered to pray with this young lady. You know, this young lady was going through a lot at the time. So, you know, it's one of those things that those opportunities are there and you just gotta ask and she's from an unreached people group here in indonesia which means that there's less than one percent christian in her people group so pretty much they've never heard the gospel and so god took her out of indonesia to the u.s and she was there for seven years and still had not heard the gospel in a land saturated with it so my encouragement would be to people that are, you know, in the vocational and working with other people and then also that have cross-cultural neighbors or, or waitresses or whatever, don't be afraid to follow God's leading and to reach out to them. Well, I mean this in, uh, the it's just amazing. If you guys were a shotgun right now, I would say that's both barrels, and I really mean that in a good way. Um, as far as what you shared, we have a, about five minutes left, and okay. um, what I'd like to do is go ahead and hit the speed round, if that's okay with you. Okay. Um, so looking back over the years, is there anything you wish you would have done differently? Oh, man. Um, you said we have five minutes. <laughs> well, like we said, you know, we've, we've had a lot of failure this, this term, but um, God has used it. I think, I think if there was anything that I would have done differently, it would have been to come in with an even more humble heart yes, sir. and um, be even more willing to just be bold and I don't know, 
that I would have to say that I would I would want greater boldness and greater humility. I, I yeah, I'd echo that and just say you know one of my my big things and I didn't even realize it as an American uh, as a citizen of the United States uh, that. Uh, I was very egocentric when I came in. I, I thought I knew how to do it all, and I, you know, came in expecting to change Indonesia. Uh, and, and truth be told, Indonesia has changed me. But there's, you know, the humble heart was definitely a huge thing. I mean, uh, in a culture where, as a white person, everybody looks at you and, and kind of does whatever you want, uh, uh, it becomes where you can become very arrogant. And I have had my experiences where I had some moments, and I kind of regret those moments, obviously. But uh, yeah, humility is definitely huge thing what's the best advice you've ever received and this too shall pass <laughs> uh, that has seen me through a lot of things just knowing that no matter what it is it's not going to be forever <laughs> that it's a season or it's a moment or it's a bad day or whatever but it will this too shall pass well, there's a, there's a quote I've used often by our uh, dean of students at Trinity Bible College when I was going there, and he said, uh, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And I think that's, uh, a, for me, you know, something we, need, we have to base our ministry off of is we have to show people that we truly care about them before they ever care to know what we know. And so, Do you have a, a personal habit, something that you do regularly that you believe contributes to what God has done in your lives? Prayer and fasting. You cannot make it in a place like we are. You cannot personally, your faith will not survive and your ministry will not thrive and things will not happen unless you are on your knees and joining that also with periods of fasting. I agree. Do you have an internet resource, maybe something that you use on a regular basis that you could share with our listeners? Well, we have this thing called Facebook. Oh, no. <laughs> I've, I've heard about that. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's, a, that's a joke. We really don't have, I mean, not that I, I don't we have We do really listen to some podcasts of speakers. Brian Zahn is one of our favorite podcasts that we listen to often that we find encouraging. Otherwise, um, thanks to modern technology, we have Kindle, and we've, we've um, been able to read more this term than ever before because we can't get anything in English here except through that. So that's been huge for us. Okay. And do you, since you mentioned Kindle, do you have a book that you would recommend for our listeners? Oh man, where to begin? I'm just, I just finished last night, The Reason for God by Timothy Keller, which is a phenomenal apologetic book. Uh, it's very deep, very heavy. Uh, it took me a while to read, but man, it is loaded. If you want to be able to share your faith with anybody in the United States, it would be hands down the best book to be able to strengthen your argument for Christ. Uh, I think uh, The Circle Maker by Mark Batterson was a huge one for us in terms of prayer. Uh, you know, yeah. Um, right now with our kids, we're going through Lee Strobel's A Case for Faith, A Case for Christ, and A Case for a Creator, um, which has been really cool with our kids. Um, I would say um, any three uh, anyone, anywhere, anytime. We've mentioned that several times throughout this uh, interview. Um, Apostolic Spark by Jeff Hartensfeld. That's been a huge, huge one for us. Uh, he was a, a, a worker here in Indonesia for a long time. Uh, Running with the Giants by John Maxwell is another one that I used with mentoring young ladies, and it's been, it was really powerful. Miraculous Movements is a good one, too, in terms of uh, the uh, church planning movements that's happening around the world uh, in regards to the cousins and to Muslims. Okay, and is that the, the um, I can't remember the, the, the author, Steve. Um... Miraculous Movements oh, is miraculous. Jerry Trousdale. Okay, I heard uh, something different, so that's, I'm glad that I asked. That, that's that's quite, a, quite a list of books. Um, I'll actually have a couple of follow-up questions when we get done just to make sure I've gotten the right titles, but um, I, I would like to go ahead and move on because we've, we've kind of reached the end of our time, and I'm looking for maybe just one last piece of advice for our listeners, and then if there's a way that people can connect with you, I'd like to be able to share that, and then we'll be, and we'll be signing off. 
Well, I think the the biggest advice that any of us as Christians could have is just to surrender. Surrender your life fully to Christ. Hold nothing back. And wherever that leads you, you know, all too often we we get scared Christ is going to lead us someplace that's going to cause us harm or danger. And the fact is he's got his best plans for us. And, you know, just submit 100% to him. I mean, whether you're in the marketplace or you end up in Indonesia, you know, God's got the, the best plan for you for the situation, you know. I I grew up a, a, a farm kid in Oklahoma, you know, and I never dream I'd be in Indonesia, nor would I've ever chosen this path. But you know what? God knows what's best, and I couldn't be happy anywhere else, you know. So that's my advice. I would say love God because you want to, not because you need to. Everybody needs God. Uh, whether you know him or not, you need him. And we all know that when we get into our situations of dire straits, because we all cry out to him. But your Christianity and your life will completely be revolutionized if you love God simply because you want him, because you want him a part of everything in your life and you want to love him versus just needing his needing him and needing what he gives us. Okay. And is there a way for people to connect with you? Is there something that we can share openly? Well, we have a we have a website that is just up and going, so it's okay. it's starting to. We just got to reopen, I guess. Uh, so it's still in the works, but it's you should be able to go visit it. It's dot org. Okay, and for those listening, I'll be sure to have all of this linked up in the show notes, which will be at Tim and Doris Johnson. That'll just be all one big long word, Tim and Doris Johnson, so that you can find all of that. Uh, Tim and Doris, thank you so much for making yourselves available, for taking the time to head out to a coffee shop, for sharing your hearts and everything that's going on. This has been amazing. Our pleasure. It really has been. Thank you. I'd like to share with you a little bit of feedback that I got from an iTunes rating and review. This is by C. Huckabee, and he was kind enough to leave this information. So the headline says, Fantastic Podcasts on Disciple-Making Movements. I think that we can tell that he's interested in disciple-making. He said, Found these podcasts because of their amazing collection of interviews with leaders of church planting and disciple-making movements. Keep up the great work. Well, C. Huckabee, thanks so much for leaving that comment, those ratings and reviews. I really do appreciate that. And for the rest of you who are listening, if you'd like to have a shout out like that as well, go ahead and leave a rating and review. It means a lot. Not only does it make me feel good, which I do like to feel good, but it also helps other people find the show because what you share might be the thing that helps them understand whether or not this is the right show for them. If you're interested in doing that, visit engagingmissions.com slash iTunes. I've got a quick two and a half minute video there that shows you everything that you need to know. I've got a link right there for you to go straight there and do it. It's I've tried to make it as easy as possible for you, and it really would mean a lot. I really would appreciate it. Make sure you come back for next week's episode. I'm sure you won't want to miss it. As you may know, I've already interviewed over 60 guests, and that means that for some of them, we haven't heard from them for over a year. So I have a very special episode planned where we're going to hear from several guests all in that one episode. Now, don't worry. It's not going to be really long or anything like that. It's actually probably going to be a little bit shorter than our standard episode, but I think you're really going to enjoy it. So make sure you stop back. Thanks for listening to the Engaging Missions show. You can find more great content like this, along with show notes, by visiting engagingmissions.com or by subscribing to the show in iTunes or Stitcher. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us an honest rating and review in iTunes by visiting engagingmissions.com slash iTunes. Audio editing for this program was provided by Jeff Butterworth of Sound Paradigm Studios. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be back next week.